When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. So that that image that I sent you guys that I was playing with in Photoshop where I yeah. expanded our our generic PNG of just the three of us look yeah. very closely at my lap. Mhm. Yeah, I noticed that when you <laughs> sent it. Why do you have So hold on, is there there's like three hands on your lap? I know, and I don't know why. And well, it's your hand. And then your hand, but coming from the guy next to you's chest. <laughs> and then there's like just another hand. Yeah. I love, I love our, 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 t- our two mystery ghost hosts. Wait, what are their names? We have to name them. It's Mick and Todd, right? Yes, Mick and Todd. The, the guy on the right is Mick. The guy on the left is giving clear Todd vibes. You should see the other one I was playing with where I told it to give Ryan a beard and it just gave him a handlebar mustache. <laughs> Ryan, have you considered the handlebar mustache ever? Um, you have to understand, I'm a, I'm a sideburns guy. Um, you had those too. It gave you sideburns. Right so, in the AI knows. I, uh, Kristen and I were watching, um, The Wolfman, uh, two nights ago, and the, and the, and the character that plays a- Agent Smith had yeah. the like turn of the century, like, uh, chin strap side oh, yeah. sideburn that went up and turned into a mustache and then around the other side you don't understand that how much i like that look you that, have to do it that would be no 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 Kristen will divorce me if i do she's she's told me she's <laughs> but how else will you do your civil war reenactments um i actually wanted to be a civil war reenactor when i was a kid i'm learning so much about you today ryan i'm not mad yeah Let's talk about movies. Huh. This is Kenny from my brain. If you want to talk movies, well, guess what? We on the same thing. You gotta watch, 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 watch this podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we're back. It's been we're a back. minute. Oh, I missed you all. I really yes. did. I mean, you, you got to see me a lot over the last two weeks. So. I still missed you. Yeah. Uh, Devin and I were both in front of the show Chad's wedding. So congratulations to Chad and Yana, because I'm sure Yay, they're watching. guys. They are. Because they're, they're, they're back from their honeymoon. They've got to be watching. You have to watch this podcast. Cause it's what else the are title. they doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, we had a great time. We got a lot of pretzels uh, from Wawa. Uh <laughs> Listen, it was like literal, like, I didn't know Wawa catered was first step. I also didn't know they catered that much. These were literal bricks of, like, packaged pretzels. I wasn't mm-hmm. ready for this. They just said, run in and grab some pretzels. Oh. I figured, oh, it'll be a little basket. I did not have you unmuted. That's No worries. Point. Yeah. Listen, um, the, the wild hand gestures only make it better. Yeah. A lot of pretzels. That, 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 a lot that's, of pretzels. That's the thing. Um. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. You guys were at a, 
I'm so jealous, you guys. We were at a Wawa catered event, period. I don't, you know, the fact that it was Chad's <laughs> Weddings, whatever, is the fact that it was Wawa catered. It makes me jealous. The The whole thing wasn't Wawa catered. Just the, the after-party pretzels were. Mm-hmm. That's enough. Um, That's enough for me. You don't understand. <laughs> but... Beyond Chad's wedding, we also took a trip to Hershey Park, which was a lot of that fun. We did, yeah. Uh, I, I still have my old, ex, Hershey Chocolate World exclusive candy bars here. Oh, I had the cookies in the the mint one. It is incredible. I I had I I'm working on the birthday cake one. It's it's not bad. Oh, good. I think, I think the strawberries strawberry is my favorite so far. Cotton okay. candy was weird and it should not exist. I um, yeah immediately did not like that one. Yeah, so it was a great time. Devin obviously is back in the London, back in in the London, you know, the the big one, yeah, the, the uh, London. Uh, so, how was your traveling? Any any fun stories? I am saving my favorite part of the travels for next we next uh, next episode when I talk about something very important for we watch this, something near and dear to my heart. Well, I, uh, I know what I know what this is, so I cannot yes. wait. It's going to be incredible. Um, I have, I feel, listen, because of what I've done traveling, I feel like a better man. I genuinely feel like a more complete human being. I cannot yeah, wait to share. I, <laughs> we'll talk about Ryan, how have you been? I feel like we haven't, <laughs> we haven't talked to you off a lot the last few weeks. We did, we all did get dinner together. That was yeah. fun. Yeah, no, that was. Um, well, Kristen and I this past week did, and I didn't tell you guys this because we just wanted to keep everything. Uh, we did a stay vacation, a stay home vacation this past oh, week. Oh, love it. So, like, this is just to, like, catch up on stuff, summer cleaning, decompress with Kristen's work and my work. We just needed mm-hmm. to, like, breathe. So, we, yeah, that's, so that's what we did this past week. Um, and I watched a bunch of stuff. Um, I have started watching everything Star Wars and Timeline. And right now I'm in between the Solo movie and the Kenobi series. Um, oh, wow. So, so I've watched all of the uh, prequels, Clone Wars, Bad Batch, um, all of that. Um, I started like a month and a half ago. I, I've not I, done this okay. in the past week. <laughs> I thought you your staycation. I was going to be so impressed. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, no, everything's fine over here. We added a member to the family, a cat. So Steve, Steve's, Steve's good. He's a tuxedo cat. That's so, not Alan, you... that's Steve. <laughs> did, did you name Steve? Was that you? Yeah, we named him. Um, my mother-in-law got uh, uh, found him in the backyard. And brought him in, and he was going to be like a a, a neuter and release, um, but he was extremely friendly, so we felt bad doing that to him, and we had we had the room. So total Steve move, I get it, man. Yeah. So <laughs> where did you like? What Steve is he named after? Um, the reason why we picked Steve was 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 uh, was because one. Uh, our, uh, our cat that passed away, uh, about a month ago, Marvin, he had like mm-hmm. an old man name and we're like, you know something we, we like common name names for cats now. So we didn't, we couldn't think of Steve was just one of those names where when it came to like celebrities and characters, we, mm-hmm. we had a lot more positive people we could name name steve the negative so that's why we went with steve so 
my, my question is, is Steve a wild and crazy guy? <laughs> not that kind of a Steve. That's too, no. that's, it's not, that's it's not, too you, niche so and deep. Not, 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 not named after Steve Martin. Wow. He's an American treasure. That's no, fine. We were thinking more of uh, uh, of a uh, Australian treasure, personally. Okay. Okay. That, that, that checks out. I, I had a feeling that was it. Yeah. So. so. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Get yeah. it. He, he was. <laughs> he's Australian. Devin, is he? He's not Australian. Stop. <laughs> of course <it>. not. <laughs> Stop. Uh, yeah. Um, I've been busy packing. Yeah. Like, you can't see it here because I haven't done this corner of the room. But my whole apartment's in bo- like starting to get into boxes. So I'm gonna need at some point I'm gonna need you to swing that camera around because I'm so curious about what your house looks like now. I mean, um, it doesn't have to be now, but I'm really curious about. Well, that. to be fair, uh, just to give you guys a example, like usually I have a, I have my box of comic books, like my stack of boxes of comic books here, just as like an extra shelf. I have it gone now, so I can actually move in and out of my desk. Oh wow! Um, yeah, but That's so cool. I also. And- I also have a box that is just Batman Forever stuff. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. That was the it most really Alan doesn't. sentence I've ever heard in my life. Because we had the we bought this Batcave set antiquing a few months ago, and it was just in like a flat produce box tray thing that kept falling over. I was like, I need to put this all in a box so it doesn't fall because this is annoying. So yeah. I did that, and I was like, okay, well, now I'm just going to put the Two-Face figure that Ryan got me in here. And, oh, the Batmobile is going in here. Oh, and my lithograph of Val Kilmer and the Batmobile going in here. So it just became the <laughs> Batman Forever box. Um, uh, what, but, okay, so in doing something like this, my favorite part of moving is finding something and going, Wait, why do we own this? I didn't know we owned this. Have you had that I, moment yet? I have. Uh, the one story I'll tell you after the show, cause I'm not talking Ooh, about this on the air, spicy. Um, but a lot of it's been, why do we have so many copies of this? Like for some reason I had two <laughs> copies of Austin Powers and gold member <laughs> and, and I had two copies of the Simpsons seen it like the DVD <laughs> board game. So I feel up. like people in your life just gift you that though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's been my life. Um, but when I'm not packing, I still do other podcasts and go see movies. So um, this is, we we've now reached the part of the show where we're talking about things that we've watched in pop culture over the last week, and then in our case, probably the last few weeks because it's been a while. And if you can't tell from the background behind me, like if you're listening to the podcast in the audio feed, uh, I saw a little movie. Uh, for uh, victims and villains called the flash starring Michael Keaton. Yeah. Starring Michael Keaton. Uh, that's it. No one else. That's it. Yep. No notes. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's way that have works. you, have you guys seen this? I have not. No. Okay. No, I know Devin and I talked about it a little bit before the show. We talked about something that I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, Ryan, caught the tail end of that conversation but i it's okay like really it's okay i michael keaton's the best part if you like michael keaton's batman you want to see more of michael keaton batman this is the movie for you beyond that i don't know what it is um 
I will tell you the story I told at uh, Father's Day uh, dinner the other day because this this topic came up because my dad wants to go see Transformers, which was a weird sentence that came out of his mouth. But we were talking about The Flash and just how my brother knows like everything going on with Ezra Miller. And I was like, the movie's weird because the CG is not good. But the fact that I can walk out of this movie and say the first thing they have the Flash do is put a baby in a microwave. And that's a heroic act. What? Yeah. So there's this whole sequence at the beginning of the film where a maternity ward uh, in the hospital, like the hospital's falling and all the babies in their carts roll out the window and he has to save all of the babies. But this he can't just—he just can't catch the babies moving that fast because it would, like, they're fragile and they would break. So he has to do different things to protect them to fall when they when they fall. So he puts one in a microwave that he had just heated up a chimichanga in, like. What? No, that, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't—that doesn't even make sense though, because it—it'll still hurt the baby. No, no. Well, it—it—he can catch the thing, and it won't. But hurt not the, the baby. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's the logic there. But immediately somebody on the internet took the clip of him taking the baby out of like opening the microwave and taking the baby out and reversed it. (laughs) This is why I like the internet. um, The CG is bad. Like it looks like Beowulf. If Beowulf was made in, in 1998. Ew. Yeah. Is it supposed to be? That's what the director is saying. I I am of the belief that they got their budget cut when Discovery took over and they're like, this is an artistic choice. Or they're being told that you have to say this is an artistic choice. That one. Definitely um, that one. Because the, the babies looked weird when they're falling. But they're also like when they do the multiverse time travel thing, like he's in this giant uh, like coliseum type thing. So like every moment of his of his life is in a circle around him and okay. like that, that I could buy for like the, the bad CG, but then it, it it's just like every shot. Like there, there's a moment where you see things from things that we've seen on the big screen before. And that's all I'll say. And it okay. doesn't look good. Like it, it just takes you out of it. Like, wow. And if it was done better, it would have been more enjoyable and less disrespectful, but, um, Ezra Miller was okay in it. Yeah. There were moments where he's good, but he's also acting against himself a lot. And that's okay. hard for the best actors to do. Uh, Sasha Kali, who plays Supergirl, is really good. I would love to see more of her. But Michael Keaton steals the movie. Like, he's he's the best part. He's why I would go watch the movie. I wouldn't watch the movie any other way. Like, yeah. if it was just a Flash movie. it. Okay, so might I ask, in the Michael Keaton part of it, is it handled as well as, let's say, Andrew Garfield was in Spider-Verse, where it actually kind of continues the story? If you liked Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man a lot, I'd almost recommend you watch Spider-Verse to see him do that? Yes and no. I am of, okay. the, I'm of a mind to make some movie. Now, I, I'm of <laughs> the mind that this is Michael Keaton's Batman Everything that happened in those other two films happened to this character. Yeah. But this is not the same Batman that we saw. Oh, okay. Interesting. Like, like I'm of the mind that the, the Tim Burton stuff took place in another reality. 
outside of this one, but this this everything that happened to that Batman happens to this one. So it's like multiversal stuff. Gotcha. Uh, but if you want to hear Michael Keaton explain the multiverse to you, this is your movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Uh, because he uses pasta. It's a very Italian heavy, Italian dish heavy <laughs> movie. Um, cause he explains it with spaghetti and it's, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I want to tell, like, I want to tell you how the movie ends. I could tell you, I, I could tell you how the movie ends and you would not believe me. Okay. I, I'm not going to spoilers. No, if you want to hear spoilers, go check out my full review on brilliant, but lazy, a, uh, Vic, uh, podcast I do for our friends over at victims and villains. Uh, Josh Howell and I deep dove into the flash right after seeing it. Like we both talked about it until like midnight opening night. You were like and hot then, out of the theater. Yeah. Well, I had to wait wow. a few hours cause he saw it late and he's in a different time zone, but still, if you want to hear our full review with spoilers, go check that out. Brilliant, but lazy, wherever you get your podcast or over on YouTube. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of victims and villains, Devin, I hear you have a new gig. I do. So I was on an episode of Abyss Gazing. This episode's actually going to drop on the 28th of, of this month. I just okay. found out. Or was just told. But I got to tell you, this is my We Watch This for this week. I got to tell you both, I am really, really doing you both a favor. I am saving you both a lot of my most favorite movies. And Ryan, it is mostly for you. I'm going to be entirely honest. Because the topic of this episode was one of my favorite topics of movies that I think, and one of my favorite genres of movies, and that is bad horror movies. Now, the crux of this is that we argued between three bad horror movies, which one was the worst. Those three horror movies were Sharknado, Llamageddon, and Velocipaster. Guys, these movies are incredible. And I mean that in, like, the most sincere way possible. I love these bad movies. Now, I won't ruin the debate for you guys, but I had to argue that Sharknado was the worst of the three. And I think I'm right. Lamageddon is the only one I've never heard of. You've heard of Velocipaster before this? I have, because of Victims and Villains. Uh, the filmmakers for Velocipaster were actually at creature feature weekend and they had the velocipaster suit with them that's incredible was it just paper mache no it was like rubber like oh okay got it it looks like it reads as paper mache on film i want you to know yeah so for those of you that don't give a quick synopsis of each of the three sharknado is about a rogue water spout off of the coast of los angeles that sucks up every shark off of the coast and then rolls through downtown Los Angeles spreading water disaster and sharks and it's up to people to stop it. Uh Velocipaster is about a pastor by day, Velociraptor by night. And uh Lamageddon is about spacefaring llamas with laser eyes coming to terrorize our planet. That is the plot of these three movies. So Fortnite. <laughs> Actually yeah, so Fortnite. <laughs> It feels tale- very much like it was inspired by Fortnite. A tale as old as time. Uh, <laughs> space llamas. It, basically. Listen, I I would love for all for both of you to watch these movies. We will never do episodes of we, You Have to Watch This about these movies. But I would love for each and every one of you to walk away and go watch Llamageddon or go watch Velas- Velocipaster. 
because they're just so fun. I I don't know if I've told you this, Devin. I have a whole section of my Blu-ray DVD collection dedicated to these movies. Why have we not talked about this, Alan? I don't know. But I have Megatruck versus Giant Torna- Giant Octopus on in, in uh, that cl- pile. So I've seen that one. Yeah, a classic. A yeah. classic. I, I listen. D, I I want to hear your read on this, Ryan, because I know you don't like these movies. The reason why I don't like these movies is because they're purposely made to be bad. Mm-hmm. It takes the fun out of it. See, I think I like that because it doesn't feel like it's punching down. Then. Like, if I try my very hardest to make a good movie and it turns out bad and you spend your time laughing at it, that hurts me as a filmmaker. But if I, like Lamageddon, make a movie in which the main character has 37 shirt changes in the span of the hour that he's on screen, that's what I want. He gives his ending monologue in a Star Trek shirt that he didn't have two seconds ago. Have you... on the In this vein... I want to read to you a um, a review that I saw on Letterboxd for a movie called Cocaine Shark. <laughs> uh, you, do you remember the um, the uh, Pete Holmes Batman movies? Of course I do. Have you um, seen those, Ryan? The, the shorts. Believe, the... I believe so. There, the the actor Matt McCarthy, who plays Commissioner Gordon in those, Giga. he's on. I follow him on Letterbox, mm-hmm. and he saw this movie called Cocaine Shark, and he gave it a half star. And this is his review: At no point in this movie does a shark do cocaine. <laughs> Wait a minute! That's like the only thing I would expect from that movie. Exactly. Like it's they just made that the title for no reason. Uh, is it's this right. An asylum it's, movie? It, no, it's it's lower budget. Oh, um, but and now that we've talked about all the animals doing cocaine, Ryan, what have you watched this week? <laughs> Oi, um, um uh, a man <laughs> called Otto. <gasps> I heard this is a really good movie. Alan, was this one of those movies you watched already, or no? I forget. No, I have Did not seen, seen this. Okay. Um. It was not what I was expecting. Um, it is one of my favorite movies for this year. Uh, oh, wow. That, um, my best way to describe it is take the story of like uh, like Christmas Carol, yeah. um, but remove the subtext of Christmas out of it completely. Okay. Um, he is the funnest, grumpiest old man character I've ever seen in a movie. Um, and it's not awkward at all. Like mm-hmm. there's no real big awkward, awkward moments. Um, it's, it falls in the vein of Ted Lasso and like that type of a thing. As Alan would say, it has okay. a lot of heart. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to um, check this out because I, yeah. I it's on Netflix now, right? I believe so. I I can't remember what app we use to watch it. Oh my my mom just chimed in but, yeah. into but, chat. I mean, she it's saw one of those beats. things where. Ah, uh, did she like it as much? Uh, I don't know. She just texted me that. I didn't know she saw this in theaters. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's um, 
It's it's extremely good. Uh, it rips your heart out, but then it makes you feel better at the same time. Like it, it's it's just good. <laughs> I think okay. I purposely didn't see this movie because I was like, this movie is gonna make me cry. Tom Hanks is gonna make me feel things. I know it. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. Like I looked at Kristen at the end. And I'm like, I want to cry. I feel like I want to cry. But like, but I mean, like it was one of those things where it's like it's more of like uh, it's more from joy than sadness. Okay, then I want to okay. I want to see this movie. Yeah, yeah. You, you've sold me on it, Ryan. All right, so. That being said, I know I know what I'm gonna have next week for we watch this because I'm almost done with the show that has been pretty big in pop culture over the last few months. So stay tuned for that because uh, it's gonna be interesting. Bridgerton. So, but it, no. <laughs> I tried. Uh, anyway, that brings us to our today to today's main topic: the 2022 film. Babylon by Damien Chazelle starring Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. Um, this is a film that I saw in theaters because I don't know why I, I wanted to see it. It was in theaters and I was able to catch it. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that theater experience later on in the show. Um, this is a film that I, I came onto the show and was like, I, I liked some of it. I hated other parts of it. Um, there's a lot to this movie that I do enjoy. There's, uh, and we'll get into that here in a second, but there's parts of this movie that I absolutely hate and did not want to have to rewatch, but I did it again for the show. So I'm very curious to hear what were your guys' overall opinions of Babylon? Where did you fall? Did you like it? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Are you mixed like me? What did you think? Ryan, you want to go? Okay, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I loved about an hour and a half of it. Okay. Oh. Is that hour and a half, like, in the middle? It's scattered throughout the whole movie. Okay. 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 Because <laughs> this is a long movie. It is uh, three hours, I think. I think it's, like, three hours, nine minutes or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It is a long movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I paused it at like I thought like an hour and a half had gone by and I paused it so I could like go to the bathroom and I saw that only like fifty eight minutes had gone by and I was like, Oh, this is gonna be long <laughs> and then I sat back down and I was like mm, about twenty minutes later I was like, I gotta do this in parts. So I paused it and worked on stuff and then I came back to it later. Yeah. <laughs> so because I forgot to t- tell this at the when I introduced the film, this movie is tells the story of it's a tale of the outsized ambition and outrageous e- excess. It traces the it's about early Hollywood. It's about the, the transition go. from silent film to uh, talkies. the The description on IMDb is horrible and pretentious, and it makes me hate the film even more. Um, <laughs> it, it's about it's about a group it's about different people in different roles in Hollywood dealing with the transition from silent film, the silent film era to the addition of dialogue and the change that that had on the industry. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so you, Ryan liked about an hour and a half of it. That's that's about where I am. Devin, oh. where do you where do you fall? Oh, I liked was it three hours and in nine minutes? I liked about three hours and seven minutes of it. <laughs> so okay. like there is there is one very specific thing about this movie that I didn't like, and Romana watched most of the movie with me, and at some point she's like, You have to stop doing this. And like every time that thing would happen, I'd I'd like tap her on the shoulder and be like, Hey, it's happening. Did you know it's happening? And that part I really hate. The rest of it, I mean, look, we've watched the Snyder Cut. That was about three hours. That one felt like about three hours. This one had me the whole time. I I liked a lot about it. I'm actually I'm actually like really curious to see what you guys didn't like about it because I was super into it. Okay, you would be. I totally yeah. am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not surprised. Uh, so I, I want to talk about the parts of this movie I do like, because I don't want to okay. spend the whole time shitting on it because yeah. the movie does Aww. enough of that itself. Um, <laughs> but what I do like about this and what I, what I identify, like what I, what hits home for me about this movie is it talks a lot about the importance of cinema and, and movies as an art form, as an escape. Like it, it, it really drives that point home. Maybe a bit too much, but I can get behind that message. Where it falls flat for me is the the elephant in the room, like the elephants, like, and then like the elephant stuff aside is it spoon feeds you that message of cinema is important. That's why the description for today's episode is cinema. Um, yeah, because it just drives it. Like it just keeps pounding it like a nail into a two by four. And it's like, okay, we get it. You don't have to keep saying it. You don't have to keep saying movies are great because movies are great because movies are great because we get it. You think movies are great. That's your, yeah, that's your thesis statement. Show me why. Like, Mm -hmm. and then it's like, movies are great. And here's why. And it's like, why like you, you can you can stop it we get it already like that's mm-hmm. my problem with it like it, it just drives it home too much and it's just like and I, I've seen other films do this and he, Damien Chazelle does this with jazz as well in La La Land and I think that's part of the reason I don't like La La Land as much as you do Devin like I, right. I there are elements of La La Land I love I love the music mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of the singing uh, because I think they did it live but when we oh, talked sure. about this, we talked about this in your first episode. We did, yeah. Um, but the big th- big thing I don't like about it is it's like, yeah, but here's why this is important. It, it's like mansplaining the whole time. And I don't like that. But I think this movie does a great job of showing you the personal struggles of people in that industry. Not even like before and during that transition from silent film to the motion picture world that we know today with sound and dialogue. Um, And you get all different aspects of it. You get an actor, you get an actress, you get a producer, you get a musician. um, You get, you get, and even like behind the scenes crew, like the scene with the, when they first start doing a a take with Margot Robbie and audio, like the the camera guy, like, I can't. I can't watch that scene without thinking of a friend of the show, Mike. Because, oh no! <laughs> because Mike. Mike is a sound mixer and does uh, production audio, 
And I think that see, I've seen him get like frustrated on sets and not to that extent, but still, um, I think, I think that's the fascinating thing for me is the personal side of it. Not just the, this is why it's important. And it, I, I feel like I've talked a lot. What did you guys think? So my, my reaction to, so I had exactly the same reaction. So every time they talked about the personal stories and the personal struggles, I absolutely loved the movie. Where it annoyed me was when they would be like, but cinema is, and I would turn to Roman and go, did you know that film's important? Hey, movies are important. Do you know what they're doing is important? This is important work. By the way, it's really important. And I would do that during the whole monologue that they would talk about it. And even the end bit where they like panned through a movie theater. And guess what? It's all kinds of people enjoy the cinema. Everyone. It's for everyone. You get it. I get it. I, like, I, uh, it was, listen, it was, yeah. It was that bit that I didn't like. But I don't think that was an hour and a half of the movie. I think that was probably about four solid minutes of the movie. The rest of it, I really liked. I liked what filming talkies looked like. I thought that was incredible. I didn't know they would literally set up booths next to each other. Or not talkies, the the silent movies. I didn't know they'd literally set up film booths next to each other outside because you can't hear anything. It can be chaos, and it just comes across the same on film. I, I loved what the transition was. It was so cool. I feel like I need to say this just for prosperity's sake, because I know there's yeah. been some confusion before. Yeah, yeah. None of these people are real. Like, this is not a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> these are all fictitious characters. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Not even Manny? Not even Manny. So, hold they're on. All... They seem like they're yeah. based on someone, though, right? They're based on different elements of different silent era stars. Because for the longest time, I was like, this is clearly fiction. I don't know of any of these. But then, like, at one point, like, a part of an anatomy of Charlie Chaplin that I'd rather not think about got mentioned. And I was like, oh, he's in this universe, too. Or, like, Grace Kelly popped up. And I went, ah, I know that name. I I have a guide here to the real-life inspirations. So. um, Incredible. Yeah, so Brad Pitt was based on Douglas Fairbanks, John Gilbert, and uh, Rudolph Valentino. Okay. Um, Margot Robbie's character was based off of Clara Bow. Um, Anna Mae Wong was the inspiration for Faye. Um, She was kind I don't even know how to describe her character in the in the film. She worked behind the scenes. She did, yeah. So, I don't I don't know how to describe her. Um but Clara Bow looks like had struggles with the transition to to live act to to audio as well. So, Sure. And then like Brad Pitt's character is a whole bunch of different movie stars blended into one. Yeah. From going from the silent epics to the the stiff dialogue and, and Singing, like yeah i've never seen singing in the rain and which is why we do this show so yeah. but it looks like a lot of it was based off of the stuff in singing in the rain rain as well so it did speaking of brad pitt's character can we all take a second to be grateful that pencil thin mustaches are no longer in style just a second just i'm actually upset about that no you're not then grow yeah, one am. grow one you can do it be the change you want to see in the world I can go shave one now. 
As long as it's not me. When do you guys do it? <laughs> uh, that's all, that's that's all I had. Okay. Yeah. No. For for me, uh, there were moments of amazing acting. Um, there were moments of terrific editing, uh, especially with the montages. Um, uh, as an example, when they're at the outside studio filming all of the silent films at once and the whole crazy montage of, of everything going on. Um, great acting performances like the head butler or whatever or whoever mm. he was at the party at the beginning and how mm. he was trying to deal with an overdose and just how mad and frustrated he was getting like his acting in that scene was terrific um and that all led to be about like an hour and a half i feel of stuff that i really enjoyed and then everything else just ruined the pace of the movie um for me to where this three-hour movie felt like it was something that took me all day to watch so like i said like i like like I got up, I realized that only f- like almost an hour's gone by. I'm like, I need to take a break from this and do something. And I, uh, I took care of some chores I had to take care of. I came back to the movie, watched another hour, thought I had been sitting there for two hours, paused it again, and then like I just finished watching this like an hour and a half ago. Um, but it was just there were things that like I I don't know like. There were things that I was getting annoyed with, but then at the same time, I was like, towards the end, I'm like, yeah, no, I hated that. I, it's like stuff stuff that I hated wouldn't have made the ending make sense if they didn't have it. So it was just one of those things I just got to deal with the fact that half this movie was not made for someone like me. Uh, I love cinema. Like, I, like, I love yeah. film. I feel like I'm the audience they were going for, but even I'm like, you need to tone it down a bit. Like, <laughs> like I, I've got a collection of like 50 movie posters, but still I'm like, okay, let's, let's calm it down a bit. Like, a and bit I think much. that's my big thing about film in general. And, and I've, I've had this opinion for years. Like it's like, I can love Spider-Man or the flash or Batman. Like I can love those movies, but I don't need to shove it down your throat and tell you why this is, this is important to filmmaking. I can be like, well, I can, I can tell you about it, but I don't have to try to change your mind about it. Like if you're not going to, if you're not going to enjoy Michael Keaton as Batman, I'm not going to change your mind. I can tell you how I feel about it, but my opinion doesn't have to change yours. Like I can still, I can share my opinion with you without trying to change your mind. And I feel like this movie is made of, well, this is important and this is why, and you should, you should feel like you should feel the way I do about all of this. So I had a mini, a mini idea or a mini theory about this towards the end of the movie. Okay. And I want to run it past you guys and I want to see what you think about it because I could be totally off the mark here, but this isn't an old movie, right? So relatively modern events were at least bubbling in the background at that point in time, if not what we're going through right now. And I think that the movie industry, especially right now, is going through this very weird phase where it stops becoming less about the art of making the movie and becomes being more about hashtag content that we can put on our streaming service to ramp up the subscribers and get more people on there. So it's not necessarily about the art of cinema. It's now about cinema as a means to another end. And for that, you know, because of that, we're being pushed more to streaming services. We're being removed from the theater. And the importance of writers in the whole process 
because of the writer's strike is being downgraded less and less. I mean, even at this point, this is when they would do those mini rooms with writers and, and the whole art of cinema is, is kind of being pushed out of the way towards a more hashtag content model. And I wonder if this movie was a response to that. And that's why it's so ham-fisted where it's not necessarily a response to the a love letter to people who already love movies. Is it to people who think that they're just content? It, that's something that now that you say that some of my things that I didn't understand about this movie are kind of making sense because okay. I was trying to think of, because I heard back when this movie came out and during like press and stuff that like, this was supposed to be, and this could be wrong. I could have misinterpreted what I read mm-hmm. that this was supposed to be the, the director's like love letter to early Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Sure. So if that mindset, I'm watching this movie and I'm going for a love letter set to early Hollywood, this is definitely holding a mirror to the horribleness mm-hmm. of early Hollywood. Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and even with all of everyone going, like, you know, it's important because of this. It's important because of this. And one of my favorite moments that shows this is when Brad Pitt goes off on his third wife um, about, you know, basically yelling at her because he got bad news and he took it out on her instead of doing mm-hmm. it, you know, like saying, hey, my buddy just died. Um, like, he takes it out on her and basically is, uh, like, yelling at her about her being in this ivory tower because she does stage acting. And he feels that she's not respecting his art me- medium uh, appropriately. That whole argument, after that scene was over, I'm like... The writer who wrote that's been sitting on that argument and has been waiting for someone to tick him off for years. And he finally got his way to get that said somewhere. Um, But I feel like this movie was made for movie people as a more of a like, hey, remember, this is why we're doing this. And not really as a like, hey, everyone who kind of likes movies, you're 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 probably going to like this. Like this feels very focused on like movie industry audience. What's interesting to me, what's what's interesting to me is you're you're completely right. Like both of you are right on that, Mm -hmm. but usually when there's a movie that's so movie business oriented, the Oscars eat it up, like it gets dominated for everything. And Damien Chazelle has had a good track record between Mm -hmm. Whiplash and La La Land, and I think even First Man had a had some Oscar uh, contention behind it. This had nothing. I think it was costume design and production design, and that was it. No acting, why. no best picture. Um, that, that, that's it, my it, question to you. Like, what do you think it sets this apart from something like La La Land? Do you think it's something that the film is doing, or do you think it's because of other films like Fablemans, which also explores the same ideas of this is this is why movies are important. To, like, this is the story of one of the most pinnacle filmmakers of all time, and why his j- cinematic journey to get him to where he is. Okay, so here's my answer to that. Um, remember the scene where Michael Robbie's character is trying to play it straight and she just goes off on a room of like rich socialites mm-hmm. in yes. the movie industry. This movie for this director was that scene. You think so? And all of those people in that room, I feel like he saw those people in those room in in that room as like the people that run Hollywood, because everything that was going on to the jazz musician, 
to sure. Marco Robbie's character and to the uh, Manny. I feel like I've heard news stories that have happened to musicians and um, and actors at stuff like that, like how she was getting touched inappropriately. Mm-hmm. I've heard plenty of actors come forward and say that they've been to those type of situations and that's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and to kind of further the point, if you go to IMDb and you go to the parent's guide, sex and nudity, severe, violence and gore, severe, profanity, severe, alcohol, drugs and smoking, severe, fighting and and intense scenes, severe. It's all red across the board. And mm-hmm. I feel like the tone of the movie towards the... like 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 towards the film industry the way that it's going and then the way that it was handled is why everybody's kind of like okay uh let's get this under the rug let's get this under the rug. okay so you bring up a go ahead no you go ahead so the, you bring up a good point that i had so like manny for example has to deliver a lot of very hard very awkward news to a lot of characters he's the one that has to break the news to the jazz musician that he has to change his skin tone in order to perform, which is awful. Oh, he's the one. It, yeah, I, I gasped at that scene. Oh man, he's the one that, that made has, me so yeah. uncomfortable. He's the one that had the news where Margot Robbie had to break up with her girlfriend, or at least the girlfriend needed to be fired from under MGM's employ. Uh, and also, he was the one that had to break the news to Margot Robbie that she had to endure those people treating her that way during the party you mentioned. But you always get the sense that the villain isn't the people doing it the villain is this kind of outside entity or outside force exerting pressure on these people to act this way to be this way to do this thing um and the nearest that we get to see who these outside forces are is at that party Uh so i'm almost i i started your argument not on your side where you were like this is his way of saying kind of f you to these people and that's why this movie didn't do so well but I kind of see it now because of that, where, like, that's the closest you get to directly who these people are. And those are the kinds of people that would be mad about exposing that side of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder, like, the other thing that I, I read it as is. It takes like you talk a lot about there's a lot of talk about, like, artist struggles, like Van Gogh and his ear and all of that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like making movies isn't always pretty. Like there is a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that you don't get to see, like what the actors struggle with, what the musicians struggle with and what, what pressure is put on the people in the industry from the studios. It's still a problem today. Uh, And I I mean, the fact that we're in a writer's strike right now just proves it. Like there's still a, a gap between the people who are behind the scenes trying to make the content and the people who are paying the bills because they don't want to pay for for what what they're getting like and it 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 um it suffers that what like like the artist suffers and this movie shows that through all of these five or five people in the industry mm-hmm. yeah and we need to and i to go along with what's going on when, for, for for what this for what I believe this movie's trying to say now anyway that I believe this movie's trying to say and given the current situation what's going on I, I, I also want to put out that we cannot forget what's been going on the past four to five years within the film industry itself like before mm-hmm. the writers went on strike there was like what like a film hand strike 
like the the camera the, guys, the sound no, guys. The, um, um, I know what you're talking. Yahtzee almost went on strike. The, uh, the oh, yeah, sure. They they almost went on strike. It didn't happen, but there has been it's been there's been issues in the industry for years, and there's yeah. been the Me Too movement. There there like it's not a pretty industry. Like there's no like if you look look at the like the the skeletons in the closet. Like a lot of the stuff in this movie is probably based on something that actually happened. I don't know if how much of it involved elephant dung. But, <laughs> it, um, and, that and elephant thing, yeah. I wonder if the thesis of this movie can be summed up in one of the first scenes where Brad Pitt spends the whole day getting drunk in his tent, gets pushed up of a, up a cliff by a whole team of people because he can't walk himself up there. Basically forgets his lines, forgets what he's doing. But for about three amazing seconds, he pulls the scene out. The sun's just right. They have the right camera. They have the right background actor. And that's all that anyone remembers well, is well, that bit. That's something that you hear about from um, all walks of entertainment. I mean, how many times have you heard on VH1 behind the music or some documentary on you know MTV about some artist that was like drugged or drunk out of their mind and still went out and performed for two hours without missing a note on their guitar? I mean, all the time. And what was the, you yeah. would know this one. What was the pitcher that like pitched almost a perfect game, but was like high on cocaine the whole time? Uh, it's not, I'm not going to name him, but I'll name his teammate. Uh, Strawberry. Dale Straw. I believe his first name was Dale. Strawberry was Dar- a. Dale uh, Strawberry. Yeah, him from the, the Simpsons thing. His buddy that was also <laughs> on the team at the same time was a pitcher. Yeah. And he was high. Like he was on, he was. He was he was either high on coke or he was on LSD. I forget which one what it, uh, which one it was, but he almost threw a perfect game on it. Yeah. And player, I mean, athletes used to do that. I'm sure mm-hmm. some of them still do it today. I mean, it, it's one of it's just one of those things where like they get in that moment and you know it it it, it just comes to them. My my funniest thing about this movie is how, and it's not really, I shouldn't really say funny because it's really morbid, um, where Brad Pitt, drunk on his balcony, talks about how cinema is going to change and it's going to progress and it's going to be great and it's going to be wonderful and it, like he wants to be there for it and everything else. And then he predicted it correctly, but he's not going with it. Yeah. And then you see the fallout of that. I thought that was the thesis statement for this movie. <laughs> that was... I, for me, I, I think it's part of it. I think it is about the evolution of cinema, but also about, I think Gene Smart's character is the one who says it. It's 50 years from now, somebody's going to be looking at your picture on the screen and identify with you. And you're not part of that moment. But in a way, you are like this goes beyond even what you are capable of being part of. Because even even today, if you watch the jazz singer, like that's that's still part of the curriculum of like film studies is this jazz singer and even the Charlie Chaplin stuff. Like all of that is still 
part of the history and part of the dialogue uh, that helps people understand cinema today. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite instance of cinema is important though. Was, mm-hmm. was that, was that speech that she gave because in a way is what he needed to hear too. Yeah. And it was really good. It, and it's the first time that it's not Brad Pitt saying it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's, I think that's why it's the most important. And I think it's interesting that he's the one who's saying that all the time. It's not Margot Robbie. It's him. He's the one who, who, what I like about this film is it shows this from so many different angles. Like you've got mm-hmm. the successful guy who loses everything. You've got the up and coming who gets like the up and coming star who ends up losing everything. You have the musician who walks away mm-hmm. uh, and you have the producer who <laughs> runs away um, <laughs> only to come back and have like a weird daydream in the theater. Um, yeah. That I... <laughs> well, I, 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 let, let's talk, let's talk about the two things I really did not like about this movie. Okay. First one I've I've hinted at very briefly and it's the elephant taking a shit. <laughs> right onto the camera. Like I get that that would happen. I'm fine with that. But the fact that the movie starts 5 minutes in and an elephant defecates right onto the frame. Like not even like you just see it. Like right onto the camera. Mm-hmm. made me put a bad taste in my mouth because I'm watching this on a big screen and like yeah. that was, it was like, okay, this, if this is the level we're going at, like, I don't know if I, I want to see the rest of this. Like I came close to walking out after that. Like it's like, okay, wow. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to like this. And I, mm-hmm. I was right. I don't know if I like this. <laughs> what did you guys think of the elephant? Um, I had a vague theory about it halfway through where it's a symbol for, for Manny's career, especially when he was running around and was, was doing all of the bad things to people because somebody else made him do it. I, I had that theory and then I went, that's probably looking too far into it. It was probably meant to be a silly elephant and really, really tough. And to show the excess that the party had for three seconds of an elephant. I it I didn't love it. I I'm being honest. I didn't love it. Yeah. I I thought like when it when it happened, Alan. I had the same reaction you did. I'm like, I huh? Like this is how you started five minutes in. And now that I'm thinking about it, and after the conversation we had about you know what this film was and what the meaning was behind it, um. Again, I'm gonna go back to the movie. I'm gonna go back to the music industry. Um, I forget what artist it was and what the name of the song was, but uh, I think I was in college or high school. This pop singer was told to create a love song mm-hmm. and she responded back with a song titled, I'm not going to write you a love song. And it hit the top 40 charts and Sarah it was Bareilles. insanely popular. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. That like, I feel, I feel like if this film was what what Devin and I were talking about like this is this this director's like f you to the people that he feels is ruining the film industry then i feel like that scene is is him going like ha huh, you're in for it like <laughs> well and that could be the case but as a viewer yeah. of this film i can't help but feel like he's attacking me as well 
Like oh, you're yeah. you're the I, one. Like I, I'm in the theater watching this, and the screen is just filled with elephant diarrhea. And I wish that was a that was an exaggeration, but that's what it is. No, it's what it is. Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> it like it, it it's taking a punch at it's taking a swing at Hollywood, but it's also like taking a swing at you for enjoying it. Like you're here, you paid money for this ticket. You're responsible for this too. This is and what you get. Yeah. Also going back to the Sarah Bareilles thing, that, yeah. that song led to a great joke in the show girls five Eva on Peacock that she's part <laughs> of. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a 30 rock show about a girl, ba- like the, a girl band, like the, the spice girls. Yeah. In yeah. season two, there's a moment where they're working on a new album because they, they reunite and the studio's like, we need we need a love song. She just looks at the camera. She's like, I'm not going to write them a love song because they asked for it. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. I had one of my exes send me that song as our like breakup song. Ugh. Ugh it's like is... forever tainted. Speaking of elephant poops. That yeah. doesn't but, even make sense. I, but, so hold on, Alan. I do have to tell you. When you first told us about this movie, your review was in the first minute, an elephant poops directly into the camera and it doesn't get better than that. And that was like, I remember that, that like sound bite from when we, when you saw it and did it for, we watched this. I was preparing myself and this is going to sound gross. So here it comes. I was preparing myself for like a slow poop and for like the, the like frame to hang and just watch it all happen. So like I purposely wasn't eating I like hadn't eaten for a couple hours. I was like, this is going to be disgusting. Let's go. And it was, it wasn't that bad. So I was like ready for it. No, I, I think what they did was, was worse. And I kind of want to have a therapy session with you about, <laughs> um, about what you said earlier about, I mean, it, and honestly, not even with you, with the person who's, because that's not a break. That's not a. I don't see that as a breakup song. So another move in, in the relation. In, this is in in any sense. This is the last I'll talk about it. But the other another move in the relationship was we were just talking about what to get me for my birthday. She's like, I don't know what to get you. I'm like, listen, I I don't care what it is. It's the thought behind it. I'm like, you could literally give me garbage, and I think it'd be great as long as you gave me something. So they literally gave me garbage. They mailed me what was in their trash can at the time, and that was what I got for my birthday. How long so, were you with this person? Years, years. That's a, that's a red flag. Do, if do I, I know them? You do. Is it the one I'm thinking of? It is, is exactly it... the one okay. you think. No, it's it's the first one you're thinking of, and not okay. the second one that you forgot happened and then happened. Yeah. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other part of this movie I didn't I'm like. Done with that one. That's um, ridiculous. Is the ending montage of cinema. What did you guys think of the daydream? at the end because I rewatching it the second time it could end with all the shots of them making the movies and cutting back to him in the, in the theater. And I'd be happy. I would like the ending of this movie, but instead, no, here's avatar. Exactly. And, and what made me mad was when I saw this in, in theaters, avatar two was playing in the theater right next door. So I could <laughs> hear it. I think if That's I wanted to see cool. Avatar on the big screen, I would have just gone next door. Like, I don't, I, what did you guys think of the montage? Uh, it, 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 it definitely could have ended like with him, like seeing his rem, seeing 
seeing his memories on screen. I do. And this was part of my confusion uh, at the end of the movie. And I was thinking to myself, like, okay, so he was a business exec. He was there for, you know, the studio that he worked for to go from silent to talk. He did things that were first in the industry when it came to music and in, you know, like the whole jazz thing with the jazz performer. And I'm thinking, okay, so are they trying to say that he left a mark on the film industry? Like, is that what this is? Is that what this is supposed to be? That like he's sitting there and like seeing his, because I, I don't understand the look of pride he had with it. Like it didn't, make any sense to me for for me i think that was he was part of it he just wanted to do anything in the industry and he was able to be part of it for just that one second and okay and i thought the way that i took it was that he was seeing himself so especially when the movie started to get weirdly autobiographical i wasn't like oh they made a movie i was like okay he's seeing his own experience reflected back at him in a movie the way that brad pitt said it would an hour and a half ago. Uh, And then I think that the thesis it was trying to make was sure it's doing that. It was doing that back then. It's still doing it now. Look at these modern movies and we'll continue to do it in the future, regardless of the form that it takes. And I think the only part of the movie montage I liked is when it just became sound in color, where there was a jazz band playing in the background. It was mixing colors. And then eventually it just snapped itself to red and blue and green and like did that i thought that was the coolest bit of it for me because Mm -hmm. that took it to that extra surreal level that i do kind of love where it's like the 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 same thing that like impressionist painting painters do where it's like you can get the same kind of aesthetic beauty out of three squares and one of them's red as you could a whole michelangelo painting i like that it's the same thing that he's trying to do but with film it's sound and color and you get the same kind of aesthetic satisfaction from it yeah okay It was still a dumb part. I'm gonna. I'll give you guys that. It was still dumb. I, I feel like. I feel like if you left out all of the other movie stuff, yeah, it would work a lot better for me. Yeah, yeah. There, it, it just got so. It felt so spoon fed to me that it, it just took me out of it completely. Um, yeah. Now I want to play a game. Okay. Um. I haven't talked about why I brought this film up for this week yet. Um, This is the last movie that I saw at my child, at my childhood Cineplex. Uh, Car Mike eight, which became AMC seven, because I guess they lost the theater somehow Um, (laughs) at the Chambersburg mall closed a few months ago. Um, It was the second to last thing in the store. It was announced last week or two weeks ago that the mall is closing um, wow. completely. The, uh, the star Wars episode one pod racing Pepsi machine is gone. The, <gasps> no! antique, store, the antique store there is closing yet. Yeah, and I didn't get it. So, um, so I have, I have two lists in, in front of me right now. I have a list of everything that's in the montage that we can go through and talk about mm-hmm. if we've seen it or even heard of it, or we can go through the list of every movie I saw at the Chambersburg mall. <laughs> because I went through and I made a list on letterbox of every movie that I saw at the Chambersburg mall. I can't believe you knew that, that you knew all of the movies you've seen. There. I I'm fairly confident that I got most of them. 
I am for the list of the movies you've seen at the mall. Ryan, how about you? Why not? Okay. <laughs> Wait, so, hold on, Ryan. Have you ever gone to this theater? Uh, the one at the mall? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a, a ton of times. Even yeah. when Alan told me that it was the worst theater around, I'm like, well, it's the closest. I don't care. It's the closest. <laughs> We've gone there. We, we had gone there for the show to see Doctor Strange, and then they canceled the showing. Like, they just yeah. closed the th- We got there. The theater was closed. Yep. We're like, we, what? we were getting tickets for this. We, yeah, no, that's not a showing we're doing. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Could have updated your website. <laughs> so They are the right. worst. So we're starting in uh, – 1997 uh turbo a power rangers movie flubber starring robin williams batman and robin ants Uh. the truman show star wars episode one the phantom menace stuart little pokemon the first movie mewtwo strikes back which is i think i saw that there too i think that's weird that that's the first movie that he strikes back bicentennial man the Rugrats movie, <laughs> How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, The Matrix Revolutions, Ooh. Meet the Fockers, <laughs> Ladder 49, X-Men The Last Stand, <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm admit- admitting this on camera, epic movie. <laughs> well done eagle eye rent filmed live on broadway the hangover avatar so that was kind of trippy seeing avatar in in babylon and in the theater and that on this list. uh toy story toy story 2 these are so uh, later in the list because i saw them in 3d there sure uh megamind uh dinner for schmucks uh, I just remembered what I don't have on this list. Uh, District 49 or District oh, yeah. District 9. Yeah. Um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Piranha 3D. <coughs> Hot Tub Time Machine. Tron Legacy. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. Captain America the First Avenger. The Muppets. Deathly Hallows Part 2. The Adventures of Tintin. Thor <laughs> um, The Dark World. Anchorman 2, which I think I saw with Devin. I think we did. Yeah. Uh, X-Men Days of Futures Past, Horrible Bosses 2, still have not seen the first one, In Inside Out, Pitch Perfect 2, Ant-Man, Sisters, uh, Star Wars Force Awakens, and I think I saw that there with Ryan, uh, Finding Dory, Deadpool, Suicide Squad, Doctor Strange, because I went back and saw it eventually, 10, Clo- <laughs> 10 Cloverfield Lane, which was written by Damien Chazelle, which I did not know. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, Christmas in, with the Cranks, which I added later to the list because I remembered it. Beauty and the Beast, Incredibles 2, Solo, A Star Wars Story, Christopher Robin, Joker, and Babylon. So I've uh, only, for the last five years, I had only gone there. Like I didn't go there at all during COVID, but for the last five years, I've only seen a movie there a year. Wow. But it's, at the... I feel like the quality must have like dipped as we went on. Cause I remember it being not that bad of a theater when I was growing up. It just didn't, they never updated the seats when you have other theaters like Carlisle and everything in Hagerstown updating. They just never put money into it because sure. the mall wasn't supporting that to the point where they could upgrade. They put in sure. digital projectors around 2010 
after mm-hmm. Avatar, but that was about it. It's a shame. Um, yeah. So if you want to see that list, I will have it in the description. It's worth checking out because I made a comment for like every movie on that list. I wasn't going to bore everyone with that, even though I bored them with the whole list anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put what that are the in comments? the comments. Uh, they're just fun stuff like um, Batman and Robin. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tr- Truman Show. My parents expected a comedy. I didn't know what to expect because I was seven. Um, I was going to say, that seems pretty young for you to see the Truman Show. Yeah, but I remember seeing it in theaters there. So, wow. uh, cool. yeah, that list is in the chat Perfect. on Twitch. But, yeah, that's that's all I've got on Babylon. Anything else before we wrap this up? Um, it, have you guys come across anything as to why this movie is called Babylon? Um, I, I, I think it was a nickname for Hollywood, um, because Babylon, hold on, right, Devin, the you reason why, it? It, the reason why I ask is because, I mean, like, I was raised Catholic, CCD classes, I know the story of Babel and the Tower of Babel and all of that, and I'm trying to figure out what, I, I think I have an idea of what relates but i'm not entirely sure because what i think is right is kind of loose so okay well, i was wondering if you guys had anything solid i don't i don't okay. want to hear about it I've, I've got like three articles about it that just came up on google um oh wow uh the word babylon feels appropriate Babylon is a very real city in Mesopotamia. Yeah. Uh, Contrasting it with with the reality of Babylon is in, is the biblical references to the city. It shows up in the book. Okay. That's not what I want. He's using as a reference to the literal city, a place once thrived, but slowly wore down. Oh, okay. The the golden age of Hollywood is a romanticized place that our main characters thrive in, but the empire comes to an end. And a new one takes place built on the ruins and legacy of what once was. Okay, I knew so that. Just... I didn't need Google to tell me that. I knew that. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So he just went for uh, what? Uh, so he just, so the, the city of Babylon is probably just a city that he knew from his own point of reference, from his own knowledge. Someone could have named, named, named this some other ancient city that has been torn down and rebuilt on top of. Yeah. So, okay. And I think there's been, I don't think he's the first one to call that era of Hollywood Babylon. Uh, Hell, I listened to a podcast called Hollywood Babble on like Babble, like blah, 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 Babble. Um, But so it's a thing like Hollywood and Babylon have been intertwined. Uh, Devin, I wanted to ask you before we left, has Toby Maguire ever taken you into the dungeons under Los Angeles when you live there? No, but I've been to some weird places in L.A. that reminded me a little bit of that. Okay. Um, we, we didn't even talk yeah. about Toby Maguire in this. I don't know why we didn't. Surprise, Toby Maguire is best Toby Maguire. Um, He's incredible. R- Ryan, what did you think of Toby Maguire? Uh, his performance was hysterical, but again, that falls into the category of stuff I would completely cut out of this. <laughs> Fair. I, 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 of all the of all the performances in this, I would, 
he was the one who I thought deserved an Oscar nomination. He was so good in it. Uh, it was great to see him come back in something that wasn't Spider-Man. I love him as Spider-Man, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but just seeing him do something like here, like he just looks so weird in this and it's such a bizarre part. And did you recognize his uh, bodyguard? No. He's from Mallrats. Is it the Magic oh, Eye poster guy? Yeah. Magic Eye. Yeah. yeah. Even oh, that's so mm. fun. Yeah. Uh, he got ripped. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It's yeah, all that spitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. That, that's all we have on Babylon this week. Devin, next week is your pick. Uh, and I believe you have something that's kind of been in the news lately that's inspired kind of, you, correct? Kind of. It, inspired's a really good word. So I've been hearing some news about what's been going on in America. And because of most recent events... I want to watch a movie from my childhood that I know that I haven't seen in such a long time. I probably might as well not have even seen it. Can I guess? Yeah. James and the Giant Impeachment? (laughs) Ew. No. (laughs) But good guess. Very good guess. Uh, It's going to be Free Willy, guys. And Alan, I know you're already a fan of this movie. I, I know you love this movie. I honestly only remember the Michael Jackson song. I and I think the boy reaches up to touch the whale. Yeah. I remember nothing else about this movie. So, the, so the, I'm counting it. The news that you inspired you to do this is the orcas attacking yachts. Is the orca attacks? Yep, exactly. All right. It's listen, I so far it sounds like nobody's been hurt and that is very fun that they're just attacking yachts. I I feel like we should just be doing orca because of the attacks, but because there is a there's a movie that came out after Jaws called Orca. It was about an orca attacking people. Oh no 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 no! This <laughs> one's want, much that sounds better. like a movie that'd be right up Devin's alley, though. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it as a homework. All right. Well, um, we'll be here next week for Fruily. Will you be there? Um, <laughs> ah, gross. <laughs> I'm just going to end it there. For you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. <laughs> I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. See ya. Just, 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 just don't get a limp fit, okay? I should have, I couldn't, I couldn't even save it. I couldn't even finish the show. I was so proud of that joke. You better be proud of that joke.